0: I actually really like what you said. Like there is something to actually sharing experiences with your current partner about your past and this is why this bothers me and this is why I want to set a boundary. Like that actually hits me because at least I think I would want you to interact with me like that. Like, hey, this. And in fact, you did, you said my past girlfriend was clingy and blah, 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 and I'm just not looking for anything. And so you were so honest with me and it was the honesty that then stuck with me. But if you had asked before I'd met you, would I want to, would I think about talking about porn if God exists and, (laughs) you know, finding other people attractive on our first day? I'd be like, no, like those are all boundaries that you shouldn't talk talk about those things on the first day.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. Today, we're gonna be talking about setting boundaries in a relationship, where to draw them, when to be flexible. I think this is an incredibly important idea. I'm Tom Bilyeu, and I am joined by my lovely and amazing wife, Lisa Bilyeu.
0: Going on 19 years marriage, baby. Married,
1: married. Married.
0: Married. In
1: fact, by the time this comes out, almost certainly we will have been married for 19 years, which is crazy. But we've been together for Almost. 20 and a half. Mm-hmm. It's madness. Yeah. Madness, I tell you. All right. So it finally can... feels real. Do you remember, like, in five years? It was <laughs> yeah. like, when's this going to feel like it feels? Yeah. Now it really does. Like, that's legit. It's it no is... joke.
0: All right. Word. Let's use this wisdom really, to help other people in let's their relationships. All right. How do I put up boundaries in the beginning of a potential relationship without putting the other person off by being too demanding, rigid, or set in my ways? I'm very independent and understanding which are traits that I like about myself, but it's often taken advantage of. I can see that it's a classic, you show people how you can treat them type of situation, but I find it hard to balance flexibility and boundaries. How do you advise I do this in a way that doesn't scare a potential partner off by making it sound like it's all work and no play? in a relationship with me?
1: Woo. Man, so I really want to know the age of this person because I think part of the just phenomenal luck that we had was we met each other very young. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we got together in, I mean, you were 21, I was 24, so very early. And, you know, when I think about some of the things that worked for us, it wasn't like I was. 38. And I just had so much momentum with how I was living my adult life. And now to welcome somebody in would be very hard. So you would need rules. So looking at it, it seems self-evident to me that part of the joy of being in a relationship is to actually open yourself up to being a pair. And you've got to want that and whatever like social stigma you have. Cause so again, pathologies on both sides. So, hey, I've just gotten into a new relationship and nobody recognizes me anymore. I ditch all of my friends. It's like the classic, oh, whenever you're with somebody like you cease to be you. I have friends like that. It's so weird to watch them get into a relationship where I'm like, I don't even recognize you. Like it's (laughs) there, there is you single and you in a relationship. And from the outside, it's so obvious and so amusing. And then there are people that are like, they don't change at all. And both of those are problematic. You should change. Like you are becoming a part of a pair and understanding that, that the trade-off of giving up some of the like, rhythms of your life should be a very worthy trade. So it's like the advice that I got about having kids. Tom, have kids, don't have kids. It doesn't matter, but whatever you do, do it all the way. Be in a relationship, don't be in a relationship. It doesn't really matter, but whatever you do, do it all the way. Like, if you're going to be in a relationship, like, be in a relationship. Understand, this doesn't mean you give up yourself. It doesn't mean that you stop having selfish time. It doesn't mean that you stop doing your hobbies and give up your goals, but it does mean, like, you're not a single person anymore, Mm. and if you're aching to be a single person, you're doing it wrong. Like either you've got the wrong person or maybe you just don't, relationships don't speak to you in that way, whatever. But if you're going into a relationship, saying to yourself, I want this. Like I I am willing to make significant trade-offs in the rhythms of my life. I think that's the right way to say it. The rhythms of my life to be with this person, to bring them into my world or to enter their world or both quite frankly. And that's why I'm doing it. And so at that point, it's like, yes, people do treat you exactly the way they you let them treat you. So you're gonna want boundaries. For instance, on our even getting together as young as we did, we were so for a context, I was just trying to get laid. And I was I was thought, trying
0: to have a summer fling.
1: Right? So which is another way do. of saying that you wanted to get laid. And <laughs> i I was like legally she's obligated to leave the country because of my visa right it felt perfect i was like this is amazing and i don't understand people's friction around that idea that sexual attraction is how a lot of this begins that's nature nature has done that to you don't get mad at me right like this is evolution so um in in that sort of initial thing i was like well you're leaving anyway this isn't going to be a long-term thing i'm just going to be really really who i am and it wasn't even like super premeditated. It was just like I'd been in a relationship with somebody that I thought got a little Looney Tunes and I was like, well, I'm not doing that again. And so I was just like, hey, this is where I'm at, how I think and you know, take it or leave it. So I was like, look, I'll always find other people attractive. I assume you will always find other people attractive. That's not weird to me. And this wasn't done in like a pushback way. This was like so fun. It was such a fun conversation to be like, I'm not trying to posture, like here it all is. And in all of that, you're drawing boundaries you're saying like look don't don't ask me to um pretend and you were saying look i just got out of a relationship with somebody who's really jealous don't be fucking jealous i don't have time for that energy right so it was like oh, okay cool like i get where sort of your lines are you get where mine are but the whole point of this is to enjoy each other's company and then obviously as we really fell for each other it was like damn like let's do this together
0: I actually really like what you said. Like, there is something to actually sharing experiences with your current partner about your past, and this is why this bothers me, and this is why I want to set a boundary. Like, that actually hits me because at least I think I would want you to interact with me like that. Like, hey, this. And in fact, you did, you said my past girlfriend was clingy and blah, 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 and I'm just not looking for anything. And so you were so honest with me and it was the honesty that then stuck with me. But if you had asked before I'd met you, would I want to, would I think about talking about porn if God exists and, (laughs) you know, finding other people attractive on our first day? I'd be like, no, like those are all boundaries that you shouldn't talk talk about those things on the first day. But we sat there, the conversation came up and it felt right. And so even setting boundaries beforehand can be a little dangerous, because you may be setting some... That's interesting. You may be closing yourself off to something that actually you're like, oh, it's a different person when they do it like this. And she doesn't make me feel the way they did. So there has to be almost like, what I would do is I would go in and test. Okay, I think these are my boundaries. I'm gonna say this and then see how it feels. Instead of fucking in the line, do not cross this because I've done that many times. And then it becomes a situation where you're like, oh, I guess I don't need to draw this one. So setting things like being very open about what your non-negotiables are. This is one thing we talk about a lot. Like from day one to me, there were things that were so hard boundaries that, and I just call them non-negotiables. You Mm. never lay a hand on me and you never cheat on me. Two things that those are my boundaries that are setting stone. Day one, if you don't appreciate them, then goodbye. Like I won't give in on those boundaries. But everything else I would somewhat try. Like. I had some boundaries on like trying some sexual things. And it's just like, you know, sometimes you're like, well, maybe that boundary can shift a bit and see how, <laughs> we fit how we feel. Like, those sort of things I think allow you to try new things and be open and have great experiences. When you have the
1: trust, and it wasn't like that stuff came earlier fast. Advice. It's like yes, over thank time, you for saying you're. That. Yes.
0: But that's what I mean. Like, you don't necessarily have to draw all boundaries from day one because it's like, well, they're going to take advantage of me. So I'm going to lay out online because you will scare someone off. Mm-hmm. It's like, imagine me and you on our first date. If you had came to me with all these freaking balls, right. I, I wouldn't have gone on a second date with you to find out it's who you really, really interesting. were. You know,
1: some of this might be like a framing mechanism thing. So imagine for a second that you know what your boundaries are. And there are some that are hard and fast. There's a lot that you're probably, you're pretty sure like you're not going to do. There's two ways to respond when somebody brings them up. I'm never going to do that. Way one. Hey, fair enough. Your boundary is super clear. The other one is, doesn't yet strike me as interesting. We can maybe revisit, you know, down the line. I'm being honest right now that I don't love the idea of that. But hey, you know, we can discuss at a later date, whatever. One lets the other person know, shut that shit down, (laughs) right? And then the other is like, hey, I'm not doing that now, whatever that is. It could be going shopping. It doesn't have to be something crazy. But it's like, I'm not going to do that right now, but I want you to know like, this is an open dialogue and like, we'll continue this conversation. And it's really interesting because a lot of times what will upset you isn't what I do, it's how I do it. It's the way I say something or the look I give you that will really wind you up. And I'm left over here like, what? Like, it's so surprising to me. So, recognizing that while that may not be what I intend to communicate, it is what I'm communicating. And that I get a world of difference in terms of the response from you, just how I present the same idea. So, that could be something I think people would find very useful.
0: Mm. And then, as things come up, not being afraid to bring them up. So, if she, she should be her sweet self. Like, it, it kind of breaks my heart. It was like, well, should I not be as you know, giving and loving because people take advantage. Because you're saying she, oh, yeah. So it's like, no, like I actually don't think that's the solution, I think it's be yourself. And then the second you notice someone maybe crossing a bit of a boundary that maybe you have in your head that you haven't articulated, is not to attack them and be like, I can't believe you did that because they may not perceive it like that. So what I would do is sit that person down and say, hey, you know, jealousy is a perfect thing. Like my ex-boyfriend was so ridiculously jealous to the point where like, he. I was at university and college in my dorms. He would literally turn up just trying to try and um, trap me and see me cheating on him. I, I if never you guys cheated. weren't
1: young, I'd be like, yo, this is like... It's
0: so ridiculous at the age of 19. Of here. course, I never cheated on him, but he literally would show up at my dorm, knocking on the door. like, do "I people know, live like that? I know he's there. It's like, who? I'm watching Friends. But like, so that was where I was like, after I finally broke up with him, because it was my first boyfriend, so I was very much emotionally attached. After I broke I was like, This ain't going to fucking happen. Like, no way, no how am I ever going to have a guy be jealous that this is how they treat me. And I don't even remember how I very specifically told you, but...
1: It was something like this. (laughs) Don't ever be fucking (laughs) jealous. (laughs) I don't do jealousy. You don't fucking bring that here. And I remember thinking, who lives like that? That's so weird.
0: But But I explained to you. My ex-boyfriend was so jealous, this is what he did, it was crazy, the amount of fights and arguments, I just, Mm. that's not a relationship I find healthy. Yeah. And laying that on the line, at the beginning, if you started to spill over, and let's say you did something again, and it was like now you started to show a bit of jealousy, I would say, hey, you know, maybe you don't mean to, remember when we discussed the whole jealousy thing, it's actually coming up for me right now, and just to remind you, this isn't a relationship that Homie don't play that? Homie don't play that game, exactly. And so have that, and then if it comes up again third time, then you know who they are and you can leave. But not being so rigid on the boundary, laying it out, adjusting it, explaining to them why they may have crossed it once, why they may have crossed it twice, but then after the third time being okay, cool, this is that type of person. So
1: funny, I don't think most people have the um, communication ability to just go three strikes and you're out. Because I think that...
0: But you can develop it.
1: Oh, so 100%. If, so
0: if what I'm saying is like, 100%. oh, that's an interesting strategy. Now it's how do I do that?
1: As you were laying it out, I was like, oh, my God. They're all going to be like, Lisa told me you got three times. And then he's going to be like, wait, what do you mean three times? You never told me. Yes, I did. Of course I told you. It's You like, have
0: to be very clear oh about my God. how many strikes Writing they get. Writing it down,
1: getting people to sign something. Like, you really have to go ham. But I,
0: I think it's important. No, no, no. I
1: your advice is amazing and getting people to understand though what's the the ability that you have to clearly articulate hey this is where i'm at i just want to be really clear you steel man the argument you'd get me to steal man it you'd make sure i set it back to you so that you know i understand your exact position like you've got so many techniques to make sure that we don't end up at strike three without willful like i'm at strike three motherfucker. and what are you going to do mm-hmm. about it So I just want to, I want to set people up to succeed.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's important. And the great news is I was the person that was like, Hey, this is warning number 362. Mm. Can you please not do that? That's how I got to where I am now, is that I've been there. I've been that person that wasn't able to articulate, that kept, it literally felt like, babe, I was hitting my head against the freaking brick wall because the very next day he would be fucking jealous again. And I'm like, we just spoke about this. We just, and then it becomes a fight, right? I'm, I'm not able to articulate back then. I was 20, you know, 20 years old, 17 even. Um, so it becomes this like, how did I get to where I am? hit my head against the brick wall time and time again. I realized that didn't work. I found a man who was very much willing to be communicative, right? Selection matters. And then adjust accordingly. So it's like, okay, I've mentioned this three times. It's, we're still not where we are. Why not? What is the ownership I can take with myself? What am I not communicating with to you? And then, you know, the same with you, but we always say the thing in our relationship, right, is set the person up for success. I want you to win, babe. I really want you to win. So set you up for success and be honest with, hey, we're, we're actually crossing a line now. Because you may not realize we're crossing a line. And if that feels true to me and I don't say that to you, that's bad on me. That's bad on me for not communicating that to you. That's not your fault. You may go, oh, shit, how did we get here? To me, I was just on, you know, trial two. Um, So I just think, and I'm not saying everyone should get three strikes, I'm just saying that's how I would discuss it, where if it got to the point where
1: You feel like it's falling on deaf ears. Yeah,
0: you'd have to address that.
1: Can we introduce people to a concept? A British concept. So there's this whole idea of being taken advantage of in this question, and I wanna push back on that because I don't think that people can take advantage of you.
0: Is that a British phrase, first of all? No, we're gonna. Off? No,
1: no, no. We'll get to the British phrase in a second. I just wanna make sure that I agree with what I'm thinking. But yes, I don't think people can take advantage of you. They can certainly try, but they can do what the Brits call taking the piss. Now, I remember the first time I heard that phrase, it hit me so wrong. I thought it was so vulgar, which is weird because I. Versus swear. She hits the Yes. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. Part of it is just I was which not used to say. hearing it, right? Yeah. So, anyway, so this idea of taking the piss. It is perfect to this because somebody can take the piss where they will overextend, where you're like, Are you for real? But it's up to you whether you actually let them take advantage. Because yeah. you can say, Whoa, 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 like, No, 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 we don't do that. I don't play that. Like, stop. So, That does come down to it's not that people are taking advantage of you because you either let that happen or you don't, but people can overextend, they can take the piss, they can be just absolutely ridiculous in what they're asking for or trying for or whatever. But at that point, that's where we say, hey, you are officially now taking the piss. Like this is crazy. Just like even trying to cross that line is crazy town. So, and I know that a lot, like this is sort of the camp that moms fall into. Like they so get into the mindset of service, of doing something for other people, of putting other people first, that people will take the piss. Like they will just expect you to do X, Y, Z to, I mean like you're you're probably gonna push back on this because it was just another way of looking at life, but your grandmother, your Yaya, uh, in the village would literally stand while everyone else ate and then would eat after she had like cleaned up and everything i just that's so crazy it's so foreign to me she right? wouldn't
0: eat with everyone else she yeah. would sit in the corner watch everyone eat and then wait for everyone to finish and then she would sit by herself and yeah
1: eat. so cultural differences whatever so i have no value judgment on that whatsoever if your grandmother was happy i no beef but so many women get worked into Situations that rhyme with that Mm -hmm. and then go through menopause only to be like why the fuck did I let everybody? Mm -hmm. Like suck me dry all these years so I just want to make sure that you know giving vernacular Even crude vernacular like take the piss can help people create a new category So there's being taken advantage of which you participated in then there's taking the piss where the person is just like really? Like you're gonna ask for that you're gonna like make that move Mm -hmm. really so
0: As you were talking, I was like, all right, if someone is bad at communicating and they don't quite have the cadence down because they haven't been together for as long as we have, I was like, what advice could I do? And I thought of a great one. You know how um, the United States has the um, DEFCON?
1: DEFCON, yeah.
0: So now imagine you have one in your relationship about maybe the boundaries and you put, or like in general, and you put, hey, green means we're amazing. DEFCON, CON, what is it? DEF CON 1, DEF CON 2. Here's the Defcon problem. Three. Which is which? I don't Is quickie. five bad or is one bad? <laughs> You're the American. I can never remember. You're the American. I know. Can you tell me? I think DEF CON 5 is high. Like That's the worst. That's the fucking okay. worst.
1: Neither I of us NO. I you think, know. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, whatever the worst is, now imagine you've put language to it. It's like, okay, this is danger zone. This is crossing the line. This is potentially breakup. Like, imagine you kind of put those. It's a little like...
1: I'm imagining coming into the kitchen one day and finding we're at like DEFCON 2 and I'm like, what happened? (laughs) We're we're in Orange. Uh,
0: uh, But like, I'm just trying to think of ways that people communicate because the truth is, is that one of you may be on Orange and the other person may be on Red and you Mm. don't realize that the other person's there. Um, and that's where like me and you always talk about don't let the dust settle, right? Like always saying in real time when something's bothering you because what ends up happening is you go from one to five without even realizing, you're like, uh, uh, what the fuck, where did two, three, and four go? So to avoid that from happening, then you could potentially do something like that where you're articulating to the other person that things are shifting.
1: Yeah, it's funny how many things you have to put into words. I was listening to something today about screenwriting and the guy was like, Here's the magic question to ask in screenwriting How do we know that? Because when you're mm. writing the story, it seems self evident to you, oh, there's a bomb in the briefcase. But to the audience, you have to ask the question, how do they know that? In your relationship, you need to ask that same question. Like, I'm really upset. This is really offensive to me. This really bothers me. This is taking the piss. How does the other person know that? Like, what are you doing? And if the answer is, I gave them a dirty look, or, well, I made this cryptic statement, it's like, you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. Like, you, know, you need fine. to say, hey, this thing makes me feel exactly this way, like, and this is the, a real breakthrough for people, and we should do an episode on this, is base assumptions. When two smart, loving people disagree vehemently you almost always have a a collision of values. So you each have a different base assumption about how the world works, or Mm -hmm. about how relationships should work, or about how whatever, how dishes should be put away, whatever. You have a real, like each of you thinks of something as being self evidently true, that it doesn't even need to be vocalized. Obviously it is this way. And so you're going at each other. And I remember this came up for the first time in business for me, and I was like, the guy that I'm like really getting angry at, and who's really getting angry at me. And I'm thinking, this guy's a fucking moron. And he's thinking I'm a moron. And I thought, but I know he's not a moron. (laughs) So what the hell is happening? And I just thought, and again, thinking as a writer, what would need to be true for this character to both be smart, sane, and be acting the way that they're acting? Hmm. Well, if they believed this, then everything else would make sense. And so I was like, do you believe this? Yes, of course. Oh my God, (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) So then I was like, all right, I'm gonna call this a base assumption. You have that base assumption, but this is my base assumption. So all of my arguments are built on this foundation. For instance, I'll just give people a, a real one in our relationship. Efficiency matters more than tidiness. That's self-evidently true That's to me. That's your base assumption. Oh, yeah. How on earth can people move through the world <laughs> thinking that being tidy matters more than being efficient? That's madness. Now your base assumption is that tidiness, efficiency, yes. what? Like a tidiness. Matters like that's cleanliness it's next to godliness no
0: no, no, no. you actually got that slightly wrong please
1: give me cleanliness
0: allows me to clear my mind so now my mind is efficient it's not fucking looking at that bloody dirty thing in the corner over there it's not so so
1: tidiness is efficiency exactly wonderful so now you're going base assumption tidiness is efficiency my base assumption tidiness is the enemy of efficiency I don't articulate this, I don't. I, I never say it out loud. Imagine I don't. You never say it out loud. Mm-hmm. So now we're like, what the fuck are you doing? Why do you keep leaving this around? Why do you keep hiding things, whatever. And so now we're both like really getting frustrated because if tidiness is really the enemy of efficiency and efficiency is what matters, then the way you're acting is crazy. If tidiness is efficiency and efficiency is what matters, then the way that I'm acting, is crazy but once you articulate those you're like oh my god we actually see the world that differently on this subject but once you articulate it and you say it out loud suddenly the other person has what i call internal logic now i may disagree but there's at least internal logic Mm -hmm. now i can predict your behavior because tidiness is efficiency of course you're going to tidy because efficiency is what matters of course if i believe that tidiness is the enemy of efficiency i'm not going to be tidy now again we may not agree with each other collision of values but now we can understand each other and that alleviates a lot
0: oh god it's so good and then one more added thing to that is in those situations once you start to go oh what's your base assumption and what's mine it takes away the right and wrong because i think sometimes when you get into arguments like that it's like you're freaking crazy you're wrong how the hell is you know being messy efficient like what are you talking about and it's, like, and it's like no no that's just how my assumption that's how i function so now it's that's
1: how i see the world how i
0: see the world that's like that's an important
1: better. and so here whew, now we're really in the advanced class in life public service announcement in life people have got to want a diversity of opinion you've mm. got to want it you have to believe that what makes the world work is the friction between competing viewpoints. We're in a weird moment in time where people want everybody to think like them and they think that will make the world better. Once you realize, oh, there is no utopia, there are only trade-offs, now it's like what makes something healthy is that yin-yang. There's a reason that symbol exists and has existed for I mean, God knows how long, hundreds, thousands of years? This idea of within one is the other. And they are not opposites. They complement each other. Mm. And right now, people are looking at the world as if it's opposites colliding, and one is right and one is wrong. And once you realize it's the yin-yang, it's the the dance between one example, the male and the female energies, right? Then you get, oh, each of these are valuable. So it's not about Mm -hmm. making the other into what i am or the way that i see the world and it's not about the other person trying to make me into something this is about a dance right and once you understand that magnets work precisely because they create a little bit of repulsion Mm -hmm. like that's how like the when you look at something like a high speed rail i fear i'm losing you but when you look at like a high speed rail or even the cern where they're creating basically the first moment of the universe by whipping these particles around using magnets they don't do it through smacking them together and they get stuck Mm. they use that propulsion which moves things along and literally shoots them at like insane speeds and you can get that kind of beautiful momentum in society in your relationship by respecting it's that little bit of repulsion against each other that little bit of friction that makes it all work and so i want you to be different. I want you to see things a little bit differently than I. One more just to bring this home in business.
0: I just want to add to that though. That is something that I mean because of that I'm a better person for it. You push for the friction. Yeah. You push me in ways that I wouldn't naturally think and so you challenge me, you help me think um you you push me in order for me to actually think about what am I really Thinking, how do I articulate it? And then when you articulate it, you hear it out loud. And when you hear it out loud, you're like, oh, well, is this the only way? And then you challenge it. And then it becomes like, oh, actually, that's really interesting. I never thought about that. And then that's how you grow. That is how you get better. It is finding someone that is has the same goal, I think, right? Because you want me to do well, so you're willing to challenge me. If you wanted my demise, then you're challenging me I wouldn't listen to, right? right. So finding that, finding that person that is isn't exactly like you that can cause the friction in order for you to get better and for you to grow. Yeah. And then you wanna say one last thing about business.
1: Well, just to say the same thing in a different way. In business, they say, if you and your partner think alike, one of you is unnecessary. Which is true. Yeah, you need somebody that has a slightly different perspective. Now, we won't get into like values. You wanna have enough similarity that it works. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, having that little bit of friction is really where the magic happens. Cool guys, I hope this is adding value to you. I hope these things serve you as much in your relationship as they have in ours. They have been life-changing things that we have cobbled together over two decades together. And if this is adding value to you, please hit that subscribe button. Please be sure to ring that bell for notifications. Be sure to like the video. It helps us reach more people and ensures that we keep doing this hopefully forever and ever. All right, my friends, go forth and build an amazing relationship. And until next time, take care. Peace out.